0: who was with child so it was that while they were there the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night and behold an angel of the lord stood before them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told them. Luke 2, 1 through 20.
1: Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for a a great day. A day where the the whole world is mindful. The birth of our Savior, Jesus. And we are your lights to proclaim your message as the angels did to the shepherds, as the star did to the wise men, as the angel did to Mary and later Joseph. We proclaim the message, the birth of Christ, what he did for us, what our life is because of him. And Father, we thank you that we are empowered messengers. We have been given the spirit of God on the inside of us. And we were able to overcome whatever it is that the enemy throws against us. So, Father, we thank you for the wisdom, the understanding that you give us, and all the things that we need to know as we speak to those that are around us. They know it's Christmas. They know it's the birth of the Messiah. Help us as we fill in the rest of the story for them. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Glory to God. We have a... Special video presentation here for you that we 're uh been delayed on <laughs> so we're, we'll uh, see if we 're able to, to get it to, to go and uh, see if it uh, see if it works here the uh the song we 've already sung today and it 's not so much that I want you to hear the song again, but there 's a great story in the beginning of it, and so I hope that you pay attention to the the story in the beginning and uh, course, the song is is real good as well, but um, I enjoy listening to it a a number of times. So if we are ready, we'll go ahead back there. If not, we will go into something else and come back to it. But instead of our usual story in the beginning, this is what we're going to to start off with along with the scripture reading we had. What do we think? All right, we're going to give them a little more time back there and and see (laughs) if they can figure out a way to, to get that up there for us. As the scripture is read here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, and the story that hopefully we'll get to hear is a story of giving and how this <clears throat> one couple came upon a situation in which they were able to uh, find out about a need that someone had and they were able to minister to that need and, and help the folks out and to give. But how many of y'all know this is a time when you know there's a lot of giving that goes on, a lot of meals are prepared for People, there's uh, gifts that are collected and brought in for uh, children. There's a lot of gifts that go on. How many have ever been in a place where you have been able to bless some people and to give some gifts and to? Um, uh, I mean, you may not have a whole lot, but you've got something and you found someone that you could bless. And oh, I tell you what, it's a it's a fun fun thing to be able to do. I hear sounds. I'm hoping that's our our stuff. Is it? Oh, I don't know where the sounds. All right, we got another, another expert coming in over there who might be able to help us out with that. <laughs> but uh, there's certain attitudes that we have come across when we have given things to people. When we have been young, ourselves, and we were given things, how many of us have had a range of uh, attitudes and things that came out with us? Sometimes, you know, we were there with an expectation that, well, this should happen. <laughs> I, sh- I should get this stuff on Christmas Day. And uh, that's just you know what should go on. Sometimes we have disappointment. How many of you remember when you were little, and you got something that you didn't necessarily want, and you were disappointed? Of course, when you were little, you didn't know how to mask that as well as you did when you were older. <laughs> but when you were little, you'd say, "Oh, I didn't want this." You know, especially when you're real little, you're looking forward to the toys, and the and the thing. And what what happens? What always happens to little kids when they're expecting toys? They get clothes <laughs> you can't play with clothes clothes are not fun now when you get older clothes are fun but when you're young you know four five six what, clothes we go out shopping for that all the time <laughs> where's the toys and we're looking for certain things so uh, as you listen to this story you can th- keep that in in mind go ahead
0: there's an organization in nashville that provides food for hungry families at christmas time And a couple of years ago, Labrisca and I had been out shopping and came home and there was a message on our answering machine from a lady who obviously thought that she had reached this organization. She was very upset. And she said, My name is Thelma. I sat down on the table and wished him a Merry Christmas and left. And as I started down the stairs, I just started tearing up. And I said, God, when people call in need, Please don't ever let my number be the wrong number.
1: many men that can sing that that high. <laughs> Certainly not that well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I'm afraid your pastor is addicted to Michael Phelps. <laughs> Boy, I, I, who would have thought you watched the Gaithers with a little old lady in the front raising their hands in worship? Mm. Isn't that neat? They sure have changed over the years, which is why they're still around. Wonderful, wonderful group. But the story there in the beginning, how, how, don't most of us just long to give to people who have an air about them of thanksgiving, gratefulness, appreciation? Oh, a, When we give at Christmas time, when we give any time during the year, the thing that makes it special is the attitude of the people. So changes everything that we do when we have people, when we give, and their attitude is wrong. What does it do to your motivation to give to them again? I put in your outline that there is nothing that spoils the fun of giving to others more than wrong expectation, wrong expectation. Well, what makes for the wrong? kind of expectation what makes for it put three things in your outline that make for the wrong kind of expectation and three things in your outline will be there to talk about the right kind of expectation the wrong kind of expectation is expectation that is based on merit or worth expectation that is based on merit or worth we read the story of the shepherds We have the song, O Holy Night, sung a couple of times today because this is what we're looking at. On that night when Christ was born, a great gift was given to mankind. But there was expectations all over the board of how they were going to receive it. The shepherds are the ones we're focusing on here today. The shepherds had a certain kind of expectation, a good kind of expectation. But before we look at them, We're going to look at what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't have. The wrong kind of expectation is based on merit or worth. It is such things as who I am. You'll hear attitudes like, "Well, they should do that for me because I'm this way, or I need this, or I'm because of who I am." Right? How many you know people that expect? Well, you know, I'm in a hurry because I'm in a hurry. Things should happen Well, nobody else is in a hurry, right? <laughs> Have you ever run into people with that kind of attitude? People in, in lines, because Christmas lines are always short and you're able to get through them real fast. People in traffic, because you know there's long lines for each traffic light, longer lines than there are other times, and um, it takes a little longer to get through those, and sometimes we can get a little impatient because I am in a hurry. Nobody else here is in a hurry. Just me. And we're looking at things from... And that builds a wrong kind of expectation. How many of you have seen people who break traffic laws simply because I'm in a hurry? I have to get there. (laughs) It's who I am. Sometimes we have an attitude that, well, I should have that because I'm poor. Well, I should have that because I don't have a job. We look at who I am And we think that the who I am is is both my merit and my worth for why I should receive this. And it changes our expectation. We look at what I have done. Well, I've done for other people, so it's about time they do for me. Or when people have an attitude with the government, well, I've paid my taxes, so I should get something back. What I've done. It's the wrong kind of expectation. What I deserve or are entitled to. Well, I should have that. That should be mine. I deserve that. This, is a, this builds a wrong kind of expectation. When you sense this in people, when you hear it out of their words, what does it do to your nature to give to them? What happens? I, I, I don't want to anymore. You're just expecting it. It's, it's kind of wrong. doesn't feel good. Based on merit or worth. Second one. Second area is, is, the, is the traits that we have. Finding fault. So we have the basis of the expectation wrong. We had the traits of the expectation is wrong. They're, they're finding fault. How many times have you ever given someone with this kind of expectation and they find fault with the process of how you gave it to them? They find fault with the gift or they find fault with you as the giver. That's all you gave me? You have all that? That's all you gave me? (laughs) Well, it's about time you got here. Right? (laughs) The process. The gift. Oh. Well, I guess that's okay. What do these things do to you? When people have that kind of attitude. They're they're fault-finding. We pick at how I received that thing. Uh, Feeling put out things don't happen soon enough well yeah i finally got it but you know how long i had to wait for that this is the wrong kind of attitude this is not the this is not the way that we should be receiving the things that we receive they feel put out didn't happen soon enough didn't happen in the right way and they'll let you know resentment or anger for anything asked of them all right, we're going to go ahead and get that for you. We're going to go ahead and give that for you. But we need you to, you need me to what? You mean you won't bring that by my house so I don't have to get out, go outside? Yeah, We have an attitude about it, right? <laughs> Resentment or anger will come from these folks if you ask any, them to do anything. A long time ago, when we first had the unemployment thing kick in and unemployment insurance was, was there, or people were receiving such things. Um, do you remember what they had to do? They had to, besides uh, look for a job, they had to do that. Now you don't really have to anymore, do you? <laughs> That's a good point. But besides that, you were expected to work. People when unemployment—I don't know if you, you may not be old enough to to know this—but when unemployment insurance first came out, if you were to receive it, you were out on the highways picking up trash. You were cleaning up parks. You were doing stuff that benefited the community because of the community was pitching in to pay you then you need to do something to benefit them but an attitude came along that said well we can't really expect people to do that's demeaning really showing up to do something and get paid for it is demeaning you see that's how things began to fall apart in our work mentality in the country and we no longer think that well i don't have to work for anything it should just happen Now we have people who show how many of y'all work for someone like this, who show up at work and expect to receive a paycheck, whether they do anything or not. (laughs) You mean you want me to work? I thought you just wanted me to show up. I thought you just wanted me to be here. You mean I have to be on time? You mean, if I can't make it, I need to call you. (laughs) These kind of things go on, don't they? Why? Because we have allowed these kind of things to go on. Resentment or anger from anything asked of them. Now, before we get into the third one, let's go on to the right kind of expectation. What's it based on? The right kind of expectation, the God kind, is based on faith. It is based on faith. It is based on who Jesus is, not who you are. It is based on what he, Jesus, has done. And it's based on what he has promised. That's why faith is involved, because it's what he promised, it's what he did, and it's who he is. So faith is involved. I understand it's a part of myself. It's outside of myself. But God has has provided this for us. And when we have the expectation that's based on faith, every time that something comes to us, we are, oh, we're thankful. Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for providing that for me. Not an hour or two says, well, it's about time I got here, God. You know how long I've been praying for this thing? Whew. I hope the next time I don't have to wait this long. <laughs> what are some of the traits of this kind of right kind of expectation? First off, enjoyment. I don't know, but I think people have the wrong kind of expectation. I don't think they get any enjoyment out of whatever they get. It's just, you, you look at their attitude, you look at their words, you look at the things that they say, you think, you get any? Is, was it even fun? When you have the right kind of attitude and you receive things, there's enjoyment with it. Oh, this is so neat. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, this is. This is something else. You know there's uh, You there are some things. How many of y'all have some things in your possession, even maybe right now, that you could have gotten on your own, but all oh, meant so much more because someone else gave it to you. Do you have anything like that? Oh, I tell you what. That's that's just neat. Someone else went out there and found the thing. And it's, it's something that you like. It's something you would have picked out. Something that you, And every time you put it on, you're thinking, someone so gave this to me. You put the coat on. You put the clothes on. You put the jewelry on. You put the shoe. Whatever it is, you put it on. Every time you put it on. Have you, have you ever gotten that way? Every time you're putting on, you're thinking about those people. Oh, that, these folks gave that. This person gave that. To- oh, that's so neat. Oh, that, doesn't it just make that thing so much special? Oh, it does. And I'll have a number of things that uh, different folks have, have given me, and they stay with me all the time. My wife gave me, first off, my wedding ring. Give me that one right there. Then she gave me another ring. So I have I have two rings on. She tells me I should take it off when I work because it's starting to wear off the engraving part, so it's almost looking like it's a solid gold band ring, and it didn't used to be. <laughs> but that's kind of what it's looking like. But I told her it doesn't come off as easy as it used to. It's, it stays on there, but um, you know I had trouble playing hockey with them because when you grip the the stick the uh, the ring would bite into my finger, and it, it, so I took it off a couple of times and but then I eventually either my ring got tougher or something changed, but I can wear it now, and it doesn't make any difference. So I leave it on, but they're special every time I look at them, I think my wife gave them to me. If you've ever seen me in a short sleeve shirt, you'll notice that there's a chain around my neck. Came from my kids. I don't take it off. One time when I was playing hockey and uh, basketball, and they were telling me you need to take that off when we're playing because somebody might catch you on it. So I did, and then I put it back on and then I never took it off for them again. It's tough. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> so it stays on. And you know, they but you have some of those things that, that people gave you. Oh, it was special. I remember my first ten speed bike my parents gave me. It was yellow. I remember racing down Park Avenue on my new 10-speed bike and um, not staying on the bike real well. (laughs) Had a problem and still remember that. But I remember that bike. I remember some of the things we did. It's the first 10-speed bike I ever had. Had some other bikes, but that was my first 10-speed. Oh, that was was special. How many of you had some of those special things and they became special because of who gave them to you? You get enjoyment out of it. And every time you put it on, you you don't have that air that I I expected that this should have come. You have an air that oh somebody did something for me. And there's enjoyment in the thing that you have. That should always be there. You should always get enjoyment out of it. A feeling that you're blessed. You feel blessed. You, You have that feeling of I'm I'm a blessed person. Oh, look what somebody did for me. Look what somebody gave me. Look what God gave me. We have that feeling, I'm blessed. There's joy in anything, and then there's joy in anything they can do to take part. If you say, look, I want to do this for you, but I need you to, what do they do when they have this attitude? No problem. I'm there. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You know, I, I want to buy you a car, but I need you to show up at the dealership. Right? Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> they need you to do something. There's no problem with that. But when you have the wrong kind of expectation and wrong kind of attitude, if somebody asks anything of you, well, how dare you? It's a wrong attitude. It's the wrong thing. If you notice any of those traits working their way in, be on guard. Get it out. The Word of God tells us that a little leaven is okay. No, it's not. No, a little leaven gets in and it kind of messes with the whole loaf. If you start letting that little bit of that expectation, that bad kind of expectation get in, it can pretty much get in there. Because you look at some of these people and you, you see them how hateful they are at times. And you think, how do you get that place? How? You don't get there overnight. You got a little bit of that came in and it began to infiltrate you. And now they think that's normal. They think they're yelling at people who are checking them out in the grocery stores and in the department stores and in the Walmarts, for those of you who go there. <laughs> I just have fun picking on that. You know, they, they they think it's normal to pick on the people that are taking care of them in their lives. It's normal to yell at the people that are in the aisles because something's not in the right place. It's normal. I've had people, you know, I've been in line, and it took an extra, and I mean, I'm not exaggerating or, or playing on this at all, it took an extra minute to do something 60 seconds. And I stood there and waited. And when the person who was the teller was behind, got done, and it took all of 60 seconds, they were very apologetic. I'm sorry, I kept you waiting. It's like, it was a minute. What's the big deal? (laughs) But I'm sure that they deal with a lot of people that that was too long to wait. Because the wrong kind of attitude is getting inside. And we're doing the wrong wrong thing. Verse 15 of the passage that was read, Luke chapter 2. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning the child. So they were told, all right, birth has happened. Go to the manger and see it. Oh, we got to go. I don't really feel like going. (laughs) I don't want to go somewhere. I want to stay here. But they didn't say they went. It said they went with haste. They hurried to get there. That tells you somebody's attitude when they go with haste. And all those who heard it marveled at those things. We've covered 17. Now, when they had seen him, Go back to verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all. It didn't say they returned, saying, boy, we had to go all that way. I don't know if that was worth it or not. Just a little baby. I've seen a ton of babies. The big deal about seeing this baby. Didn't say any of that. They returned glorifying and praising God. They were glad that God had come over and said, Hey, guys, go over there and see this thing. The results for those, the responding, for those that are in merit, merit-based expectation, what happens to the people that are in that, in that place? What happens to the people that are in that, in that setting? Well, when... The angels come along and they want to give the news out and they find people who have an attitude that's based on merit. What do you think they did? I put it in your outline this way. People with the results or for those who are in merit are passed over by givers. They're passed over by givers. And if you ever had some of these people that are are merit based, we were on vacation one time. And there were these tour guys that took us through whatever event we were in at the time. And when they got done, they had their hands out waiting for a tip. But they were not waiting. They were not passively waiting. They were aggressively coming after you. Let's go with a tip. And I saw that one person ahead of us gave them, I think, a $10 tip. That's just from one person in the group. And they were not happy. And they let it be known. That's all. Now that did something on the inside of me, <laughs> and I wanted to pass over when we got to the giving part. Right? Have you ever been that that spot where you see people and they're they're not very gracious in the way that they receive the thing at all, and do you want to pass over them? Now, when you pass over people from giving them a gift, it causes their bad foundation to get worse, doesn't it? they're based on merit and they were had a bad attitude before and now they got an even worse attitude and every time from here on out that they get passed over they get what more bad attitude they get worse and worse and worse attitude and if people do give them something i put this in your outline too of course this also happens when they receive stuff when they receive stuff they still get a bad attitude because well that wasn't enough it should have been more it should have been sooner And they still start developing a bad attitude. You get into this mode, this kind of expectation, this bad expectation. You just start spiraling down until you get to the place where you see the folks that are in line yelling at the cashiers, yelling at the people that are trying to help them because they didn't do it right. They didn't do it quick enough. They didn't do enough. And you may sit there right now and say, how does anybody do that? How can you treat people like that? How can you be there in, in that way? We had that happen one time. This is years ago. Don't even try and figure out who it is because it was so long ago you wouldn't be able to figure it out. But we had a guest speaker that we brought in here. Only brought them in one time. We didn't bother to bring them back again. We didn't tell you why we didn't bring them back again. We have never told anyone why we never brought them back again. Only my wife and I know. There's a reason for it. Because as is usually our custom, we take people out to eat. And we feed them. When they're here and we get to know them, get to talk with them and stuff like that. And, and well, these people treated the waiter or waitress, whoever it was, it was waiting on us so poorly that we were embarrassed. We couldn't believe the things that they said to them. These were ministers. We couldn't believe the things that they said, the way that they treated them. And we even said stuff, some, some stuff about it and they just went right on. We went over to the, I think it was a waitress. We went over to her after and we apologized and gave her an extra good tip for what she had to put up with. But that's a wrong attitude. And you find that in a minister of the gospel? I don't expect to find that in any Christian at all. but a person who's a minister of the gospel is supposed to be teaching people. They surely shouldn't be doing it. And we didn't bring them back. We didn't tell you why. But I expect ministers of the gospel to live up to a certain standard. You, you, you better be able to live up to it. I'm not saying that to be perfect. But have an attitude to be able to change some things. Don't treat people like that with, with such a disrespect. That tells me what their expectation is on the inside. That tells me what, are, what they're based off of. Well, you need to take care of me because of who I am. But you know who I am? You know who God is? I think he takes merit over you. Well, that's the people that are in, in the merit side. But hit by those in faith. Results for those in faith. Well, they get blessings and givers find them. Blessings and givers find them. You know, people who have the right attitude, blessings just seem to come their way. You get the people with the wrong attitude, they keep saying, man, why did bad stuff keep happening to me? And the people with the blessings keep finding "Man, I got blessed again. <laughs> Glory to God, I got blessed again. And then people just seem to come on over and bless them. Did you ever hear Jesse Duplantis talk about the stories where people came over and blessed him? Why is he do why do people come over and bless him? I mean he's plenty blessed, isn't he? He's got enough money. Why do people come over and bless him because <laughs> he got the right attitude. And you know what he does all the time He finds people to bless. I love his stories of people he finds just to to bless them and uh I remember I think it was I think it was him who was telling the story of a waitress who was doing a really bad job, and so he decided to bless her. <laughs> and, I think it was him who was telling that story. And uh, so he put a, I mean a really big tip on the table. It was something that you might think someone did by accident. I think it was something like a $100 bill put on the table. I mean, it was a blessing. And that person came running out after them. I think it was Jesse. It may not have been. But they came running out after him, And they said, I think you made a mistake. I didn't treat you that well. And you put a $100 bill on the... And he says, no, I didn't make a mistake. God told me to. And she just broke down and cried told about how things had gone on and what had happened during the day or during the week. And, and uh, you know, sometimes you've got to listen to God on that, on that kind of thing. But Blessings and givers find people who have the right attitude, which feeds their foundation, doesn't it? Feeds their foundation for faith. Feeds their faith foundation. Now, Luke chapter 12, or Luke chapter 2, verse 12, it read this way. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. How many have ever found a baby wrapped up in clothes? Anybody? We don't find so many naked babies out there, do we? You usually find them wrapped up in something. And if you go to the hospital, they take that cloth, you know, and they wrap them up. So they're like in a cocoon. Poor kid can't even move. They're all wrapped up, and there's no arms or legs. They're just all kind of, and, and, you know, the baby likes it. I'm told the baby likes it. I don't know how many babies they've asked, but apparently <laughs> a number of them have responded positively, <laughs> and they tell you that they like it. And if you take the, the clothing off, you know, they get a little fussy. They like being that way. But here it says, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But it's saying this is a sign. How? Why is it that the angels tell these shepherds that this will be a sign? Well, this brings us to a question that maybe you don't know about, about these shepherds. Who are these shepherds? Do we know who these shepherds are? Do we know anything about these shepherds? As far as we know, they're just shepherds in the field, right? Well, let me tell you a little story about sheep. Sheep, you may not know this, but they smell. (laughs) Sheep smell. And sheep poop is pretty smelly. Now, we've been around here. We used to to cow poop. How many of you all know cow poop does smell? But you know what is worse? Pig poop. We have a few hog farms around here. And I remember one I used to run by. And they would fertilize their field with pig poop. Oh, man, when you run around there, and you're taking these deep breaths. Oh, it was torture. Oh, it was hard. But I'm told that sheep poop is pretty bad. I don't know where it is on the scale of pig poop. You know, better or worse. I, I don't know. I haven't been around it, but I am told it is really bad. And if you are around sheep poop, you don't want to be. And so what happened in the city of Jerusalem was they had sheep in the city. Do you know why they had sheep in the city? Well, they kicked them out of the city. And if we don't want the sheep in the city. Because they smell. <laughs> so they kicked the sheep out of the city. And so the shepherds watched the sheep in the fields around the cities. But in Jerusalem, they didn't just have, they had regular sheep, but they had special sheep in the, in the city of Jerusalem. Do you know what these sheep were for? Well, there's a particular building in Jerusalem that used sheep a lot. It's called the temple. And in the temple, they would offer certain kinds of sheep. They had to be blemish free. They had the Passover lamb. And the Passover lamb had to be a what kind of sheep? Perfect. No spot. No blemish. No injury. Nothing wrong with the sheep at all. It had to be a a perfect sheep. Well, in order to get that, you don't keep the perfect sheep with the other sheep. So what happened was they would have a certain flock in around the city of Jerusalem that only raised Passover sheep. And they had shepherds that would watch over the Passover sheep who were specially trained in how to recognize a perfect sheep and keep it that way. They were special trained shepherds. These were shepherds who would bring up the Passover sheep. And they were outside of the city of Jerusalem. Do you know where Bethlehem is? Right outside the city of Jerusalem. Now, there was a particular area in the outside of the city of Jerusalem. And I'll uh, see if I can find the, the name. But I had some uh, pictures up there and it's, it's showing you the location right there. Uh there was a tower. It's called Tower of the Flock. In the Hebrew, it was in my Hebrew is not all that good, but uh it is Migdal Edar. I will spell that for you because you may want to go home and Google this. M I G D A L and then the word Edar E D A R. Migdal Edar it means tower of the flock. If you Google it, you will find a whole lot of informa- inf- interesting information about it. It is very near the city of Bethlehem, as it's shown up on there. Head over to our next picture. That is what the tower of the flock looks like. It's a very old building. It goes back way into Old Testament times. I'm going to read to you some of the, some of the notes I found on this. It said, This watchtower from ancient times was used by the shepherds for protection from their enemies and wild beasts. It was the place used... Were brought to give birth to the lambs. In this shepherd building cave, the priest would bring the ewes, which were about to about to um, uh, they were protected lambs. These special lambs came from a unique flock, which are designated for the sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem. And so, what would happen was they would keep the sheep outside twenty four hours a day, all the time the sheep were kept outside, except when the ewes were going to give birth when the ewes were going to give birth to these special, perfect sheep, they were brought into this tower, the tower of the flock, to give birth because it was protected. And they would give birth. They would decide whether the the lamb was blemish-free. And then they would raise it with the rest of the herd. But here's an interesting thing about what they would do. Remember, these are special trained shepherds. And in order to keep the lamb... Special, once it was determined that this lamb was blemish free, they did something very interesting with the lamb. They wrapped it in a cloth. The terminology for that cloth is the exact same terminology that is used here in Luke a swaddling cloth. And so, when it says here to these particular shepherds, this will be assigned to you, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And lying in a manger. When these shepherds who watched over the Passover sheep. Give birth to the next up and coming Passover lambs. They wrapped them in swaddling cloths. And put them in a manger. And so when the angels come to him and say. This will be assigned to you. What he is saying is, you special shepherds who have raised the Passover lambs are being called into service to come and to view the Passover lamb. This will be a sign to you that you will find the Passover lamb up and coming, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That's interesting, isn't it? But that doesn't stop there. Where did the angels... Tell the shepherds to go to. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. How many mangers are there around Jerusalem, Bethlehem? Probably quite a bit. Why doesn't he give the GPS coordinates? Maybe an address. Maybe a well that they're near. But the angel doesn't do that, does it? All he says is what? All right. If you are a Passover shepherd and you raise Passover lambs and the sign is that the Passover lamb will be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The manger that the Passover shepherds use is this one right here. You don't need to give them an address. They know where it is. That might be the reason. Because this particular manger is in the location of where Jesus would have been born. Don't know that for sure that this is the one they were brought to, but they're not given an address. Why do you not tell them which one to go to? And if they made haste to get there, don't you need to know where it is? I would think you would. So these men who are educated in sacrificial lambs, who watched over all the sacrificial lambs that were born. Come to see the birth of Jesus, the time that Jesus is born. Now here's another little interesting note about this. There was another shepherd keeper that we know pretty well. He's pretty famous. Do you remember what his hometown was, David? He was in around what town? The town of Bethlehem. And he watched what? Sheep. Sheep. It is very possible that King David... The forerunner to Messiah very possibly watched over the sheep at some point, some point in time. He watched over his father's flocks. We know that. But is it possible that David also watched over the sheep that were the Passover lambs at some point in his time? Wouldn't that be like God to bring all that kind of stuff together? (laughs) Jacob grazed his sheep on his journey at the tower of the flock. Right after the death of Rachel, that's in Genesis chapter 35, verse 21, you'll find that. It says, And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar, which is this particular tower. The prophet Micah alluded this place to the coming of Messiah. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come even the first dominion. The kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Why does he mention the tower of the flock if it's not involved? Let me read the verse again. Micah 4 and verse 8. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. The prophet in prophesying about the Messiah mentions the tower of the flock. The Rabbis of the day often taught that this place, the tower of the flock, is where Messiah would be announced. They would teach this to the people. It was well known among those that they taught that the tower of the flock would be announcing the birth of Jesus. There's a thing in the Hebrew called the Targum, which is spoken phrases, paraphrases, and explanations Expansions of the Jewish scriptures that a rabbi would give in common language to the listeners. And it hinted, and many of the rabbis taught the Messiah might well be announced from it. Well, that's all fun and good. Just fun stuff to know about the Christmas story. But when we think of these shepherds, who are very very likely shepherds watching over the Passover lambs, and they are told by the angel. There's an event going on. We want you guys to be part of it. You head on over, and they say, Oh, yeah, we're ready. The angels don't seem to make a mistake, they don't bring news to people who don't do something with it. When the angels bring news to people, they do stuff with it. The shepherds acted on it and they went right away. There was an attitude that they had demonstrated that God knew if we tell this to them, they're going to receive it with gladness with joy, they're going to hear this and they're going to go. They're not going to make excuses. If you have the wrong kind of attitude, how many of you all know you could, have the, you could be saying to God, the angels come, make their appearance and he's no, not, here it is. And you could be saying, well, you know, that's really great, but we're kind of busy right now. We're watching over the sheep. But they didn't say that. I don't know if they left all the sheep there, if they left anybody there. If you, if you were going to be left behind, would you want to be left behind? Maybe the angel said, look, we'll take care of things while you're gone. I don't know. But they didn't seem to have any problem going. And they left because there was a certain attitude there. So I put this question in your outline What does blessing those with the wrong expectation do? What does blessing those with a wrong kind of exp- expectation do? Does it help them? Does it cause them to have grateful hearts? Does it change them on the inside? You can bless them all you want to. it ain't going to change anything. They stay the, the same. They get angrier, nastier, harder. So what does God, our Father, want to build up in us? Does he want to build up merit-based expectation? Or does he want to build up faith-based expectation? He wants to base, build up faith-based expectation. What you, if This is all a common phrase, but what you reward gets done. What you encourage happens more often. If God wants to encourage faith-based expectation, then he's going to reward. Faith-based expectation. Merit-based expectation causes people to be prideful because they're stuck up on who they are and what they deserve and what they've done and what should happen and how people should do it. Does God want people to become more prideful? No. Not at all. God does not. So God is going to reward faith-based expectation. Stuff like he saw with the shepherds. He saw some of the shepherds. Those were particular shepherds. But he saw something. He saw something with Mary. And so when he came to Mary, Mary said, okay. He saw something in Joseph. When he came to Joseph, Joseph said, okay. He came to people during this time. And he had things for them. And they, when, when they came in, they said, "Well, here's a, here's a job for you. Mary, we need you to carry the baby. And then raise them. She said, okay. I'll do it. She didn't sit there and say, man, that's a lot of work. People are going to be looking at me funny. I don't know if I want this. She didn't do any of that. Why? Because she had an attitude on the inside of her of faith-based expectation. She knew how to believe God. For the thing. Now here's a question for you. Can he do that? Can God encourage. Faith based expectation. By blessing your expectation. Can he do it? Where is your expectation on the board? Do you expect that things should happen to you? Well God you should just do this. Now, we got to be careful because, you know, you get into the faith movement and the promises of God and standing on the word and standing on the promises. We can get that. Why well, should this should just happen for me? And we can lose our gratitude and we can get off into a place of being merit based expectation. Well, I'm born again. Well, I'm spirit filled. Well, I've been praying every day. Well, I've been doing it. I've been reading the Bible. In fact, I have read the Bible through so many times. I've been going to church every Sunday. I don't miss. I go to church every Sunday. I go to church Twice. We're in a merit-based thing. Can God reward that? No. If he does, what's he rewarded? What's he encourage you to do? Go off on merit-based. We can believe that the Word of God promises us certain things, that the Word of God has uh, said certain things are ours, but we must always have the air of gratitude, the air of faith-based expectation, the air that says, Father God, I thank you so much for how you're ministering to me for the things that you gave me. Thank you for the blessing that you've given me. And here's, a, here's an outgrowth that happens. People who have faith-based expectation have no problem blessing other people. People who have merit-based expectation tend to hoard, tend to not want to bless other people, tend to keep whatever it is that comes to them. Now, I need to keep this. I don't need to let this. I need to keep this. I may not get another. Can God bless your expectation? What's your attitude towards people? Towards God? You foster this when you go through the grocery store. When you go through the Walmart, the Target, the mall. When you're driving behind people who just really don't seem to know how to drive. You've been behind those people? I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I get behind somebody in three minutes. I've determined that they do not know how to drive and should not have a license. Because <laughs> they're, they're just doing stuff. It's like, why are you doing this? This is not what you're supposed to do. We were behind somebody yesterday on our way home. They decided that 30, 35 mile an hour is plenty sufficient on a 55 mile an hour road. I didn't agree. oh my we have to make sure that we stay on guard because we can let this thing get in and a little leaven infiltrates it fills into all the stuff that's going on oh don't let it fill in don't let it get into all that you need to stay in a place that Father God you have blessed me and I want to bless some other people you have done great things through me and I want to give to others the word of God Jesus says As you have been given, freely give. Oh, you just got to keep that in mind. Keep on going out there and be the one. Look for opportunities to give. Now, here's the other part we want to look at. You've got people in your life who do not have the right attitude about receiving. They are bitter. They are angry. And they expect that people should do things for you. As a Christian, what should you do? As a Christian, should you, well, you know, you need to help people. You need to do, go in there and to do some things for them. And is that what you should do as a Christian? Are you bound by, I mean, because uh, you get those little voices in your head. And what those little voices come up and say, you need to help that person. You, you know, God's looking at you. He's watching you. You're not going to go over there and help them out. And, you know, he'll mess with you. And, you. and out of, you know, all right, I'll go ahead and, and help them and go ahead and do some things. And, and it doesn't do any good, does it? Uh-uh. Now, who does it that God blesses? He blesses people with faith. He blesses people with expectation that is faith based, not expectation that is merit based. <laughs> not merit based. If God doesn't bless people that have expectation that is merit based, why would He expect you? But I feel so bad if I don't help those people. Yeah, you're doing it out of guilt. And you're falling yourself into a merit-based thing. Mm-hmm. Stay in the faith-based side. God is going to, God is going to help you out. I mean, you, you get into a church, you get into. We get calls all the time. People want money. All the time, people want money. They don't want to do anything for it. They don't want to show up at church. But as soon as they get a need, you know where they call? Mm-hmm. Call, the call the church. I told you before. For a little while, I I spent time on it. well, look, you know, we help some people outside the church. What church do you go to? I'll talk to your pastor. Oh, I'll tell you what, to a T. <laughs> Every single one of them. Well, you know, we don't really go to a church right now. We're looking for one, but you don't really go to one because you want know, to get that little thing. You know, maybe we'll come to your church. <laughs> so, you know, if they're not going to church, that's part of the problem. One lady got irate at me for asking the question. Exposed to her right off the bat. I mean, got upset. What are you doing asking me questions question like that? What business is it of yours where I go to church at? This no business of mine at all. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> it's no my business at all. We'll see you. <laughs> but if you want some help, we're going to poke our nose in your business a little bit, find out some things, because you got you got to listen. What's God saying? What I have to be careful about is I can get cynical. Sometimes people call, and as soon as they call, I think, oh, they got this attitude. I just know it. I'll hear it sooner or later. They got this attitude. And once in a while, God has said, help them. And we have. And sometimes we've seen results from it, and sometimes we have not seen results from it. But you don't always know. You know just because you didn't see results doesn't mean you weren't supposed to. But don't feel bad. If people have the wrong attitude, you, don't, you are not obligated to bless them. If God has shut off his blessing from them, why are you opening up yours? You don't need to do that, but you need to listen to the spirit of God. Father God, are we in a position here where my me helping them out and blessing them? Are we going to open a door for something good to happen? And maybe there is an opportunity for that. There's been times people have called us out of the blue and down in our spirit. Immediately we know help them out, help them out. And so, you know, we didn't ask anything of them, didn't require anything of them, said, all right, this is what God told us to do, and we, we help them out, and sometimes you hear from them, like I said, sometimes you hear from them, sometimes you don't. But listen to the Spirit of God. Don't listen to guilt, but find those people that are in a position to receive, bless them. Oh, it'll feel good. Oh, it'll feel good. Those folks that have that attitude that says, I need it, you need to do it for me. That's why I get so resentful to our government as they keep pushing more and more for people to receive on food stamps and all the different programs they have. Those programs are out there, and they're, they're, they're helping some people. I understand that they're helping some people. But when you put people on them, and you build up this air that you deserve this, and you should just have it, that's not right. If you are ever in a position where you need food stamps or unemployment insurance or welfare or anything like that, don't feel bad about it. But always keep the expectation on the inside of yourself right. Always be at a spot where the government is not my source. God is my source. And always stay grateful. Stay grateful. Don't ever get into a place where this this should, this should happen for me. Because a little bit messes the whole thing up. Don't let it go on. Don't let it happen. Would you all stand up with me? Father, as we look at the story of the shepherds, we see how much you did during that time, and you brought the Word of God to so many people, and they've responded. No one squandered the Word that we know of, anyway. No one squandered the Word that they were given. You didn't give the Word to everybody, but the ones you gave it did something with it. Father, we want to foster inside of ourselves an attitude that is always grateful, always faith-based expectation, not merit-based. We never come to you based on who we are or what we've done. We only come to you based on what Jesus did and what he said he would do. And we always receive things with gratitude. We build up that attitude inside of ourselves. We build that air of expectation, the right kind. When you are looking to and fro, who can I bless today? Who can I give something to? I have something and I need to give it to somebody. We, you won't pass over us. You can look at us. and say, Oh, here's, this is a good place right here. Let's stop right here and, and put this on. We want to mimic the shepherds. As soon as they were received something, even though something was asked of them, they were glad to give it. Glad to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go. Where He you want us to go? We'll go. We're ready right now. And we need to be ready ourselves. Help us to build that attitude that says, I am grateful, I am thankful for all that you do. And I am willing to do whatever it is you tell me to do for other people. Not looking to them and their their response. Just looking to our spirit. What is our spirit telling us to do? I give you the Praise. And the glory for it. In Jesus name. So many movies, so many stories that are out there in the TV. It seems like almost all of them have people on there who receive with gratitude. At least the ones I watch. I'm sure there's the ones out there that have other things going on, but they receive with gratitude. And when you watch those kind of movies, don't you feel good? Oh, you feel good. Oh, I want to get in there and help them people too. Yeah. Let's be those kind of people. Let's find those kind of people. Help them, bless them, do some good things for them. Well, I hope I've perked your interest on in some of these things. You go out there and study it some more. Look over the passage here with the with the shepherds, but also look up the tower. See what you find on it, because there's a whole lot more than I did. Uh, I tapped into. You can go up there on. Google or whatever search engine you prefer. Type that in. You'll find some really neat stuff.